Welcome to another evening of the weekly review of Sanctuary First. And I'm Albert Bogle here, and we've got the dream team tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Except no imitation. No imitation, the dream team, absolutely. Uh, We have with us a welcome to Ian Jimison with his flowers, flower power tonight. Hello, hello. And we have Laura Dagen. Ready as usual to tell us how she started our week, but we'll hear about that in a moment. And James Cathcart, who Hello. is looking a bit better now after uh, having little Matilda, who's now getting to the stage where she's what, nearly seven months. Nearly, nearly yeah. seven months, so yeah, and I'm just sp- coming back from a wee break. So. And are you, are you getting sleep at night, Ian? Uh, 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 James? Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm not. <laughs> I'd be interested to see if Ian's getting any sleep as well. But uh, Ian doesn't yeah. get any sleep either. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> We're doing okay, actually. We're doing okay. Great, great. Well, listen. We this has been an interesting week. Lots of things have been happening in the news. All kinds of things. People getting ready. We now know who's a, 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 a Joe Biden is now going to be the the the, the official a, a Democratic candidate, and he's also got his new running mate, and uh, there's lots of things happening about schools going back and problems with the exams and all that kind of stuff that's going on that's a lot in the, in the news this week. Uh, and also Sanctuary First has been just looking at this whole idea of healing the family rifts and what that means. So, but listen, so there's lots to talk about tonight. Then we're going to start talking about unity and how we can live together in unity and the challenges that comes from that. So yeah, could, tonight's going to be an interesting time. But uh, what's the week been like, Laura? What have you been doing? Uh, well, this week um, I had uh, been like out a few times um, with um, a, a friend, and then I went out with my cousin. You know this um, dine, uh, dine out to help her. Oh yes, right. right. <laughs> uh, right. And uh, I, it was. Do you know that we have become a, a, a wee bit paranoid? <laughs> Like it was really, it was so lovely. It was lovely to kind of be back out again, you know, and yeah, you're out with people. And uh, but it's weird as well. Like like whenever I was out with my cousin in the restaurant, and you know, there's these plastic barriers, you know, between the tables and things. But nobody's wearing it. The the staff are wearing face masks, you know, but nobody else is, you know, because well, you've got to eat your dinner, you know. (laughs) But you know that way that um, I felt like. And I don't know if it was just my mind playing tricks on me, but then, like, see you on Thursday, it was like, I thought Thursday, I was, I was, was thinking that, but like, oh, I don't feel very well, you know, so 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 starting, have I got a headache? All the wee kind of niggles, you know, were like, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're just as well, like Nicola tells you, you know, examine yourself, think about I, it, just but, know. It was just, I don't know if like I would normally like you just like kind of normally get on with things, but I was kind of hyper vigilant, you know. Mm. And when I was out, I was like washing my hands, going away, and, and I've get like you know my hand sanitizer in my bag, and like oh, I, and it's it's strange, you know. It's just mm. it's it's lovely to be back out with people, but it's strange that you're kind of on end, you're on you, end, kind of waiting. Did you enjoy putting on your glad rags? Oh, that was so good. <laughs> 
<laughs> so good. That's a part of this whole lockdown, you know, we've not been talking about, like, the glad drags. Absolutely. Oh, no, these people, what are people wearing at home, you know, the kind of exactly, things. Exactly, yeah. You know, I was talking to someone about that this week, that I think the dress is, is going to change people, even, you know, at work situations now, people are dressing down completely. Suits mm. for guys are not, and and one lady was saying to me, you know, she was wondering going back to going back to to work. Would she ever wear a business suit again? Mm -hmm. I know. I say I became quite over the lockdown. I, I've got like a lot of you know Muslim friends, and I'm thinking oh, I quite understand why you know they you know they, they with the you know the ladies will have their, their tunic and then their, their leggings underneath. Oh, I'm kind of shell work and me. Uh -huh, sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, I could not be getting into that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we, when, when we visited India a few years back, uh, we, we had the privilege of visiting India on a number of occasions, but um, the, the, our Indian friends took us out to get us dressed up and they bought, as a gift, they bought Martha um, uh, that, that outfit. I can't remember, there's a name for it. A, a tunic and the trousers and that. I think it's stuff. the shalwar kameez, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah and it's yeah. really lovely, you know. Aww. And they they also got pasta bogley, some an outfit as well. Bogley. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it looks good, but there's comfort there as well. And yeah, I thought absolutely. there's something in this. You know, where and I will admit, you know, there was been quite a few times where you know I've had the nice dress on for like you know a. a, a of gatherings online and then maybe the tracky <laughs> bottoms or sometimes the pajamas on. <laughs> <laughs> oh you've got that trick too <laughs> yes. can i tell a funny story about an, an outfit right here's a funny and, and albert's gonna blush when he hears this because he was involved right so <laughs> albert and i were on we were down in australia making music and doing our thing right and we came back up from australia to singapore right and we said to the concierge in the hotel, look, where can you buy fake Rolexes? <laughs> because fake Rolexes in those days was a thing, right? Because all the rock stars and all the hip-hop guys and Rolexes and bling and all that stuff. So Albert and I are like, we can't afford like the real Rolexes. <laughs> but you've got to take us to a place with fake Rolexes. <laughs> So this we did takes us in his taxi to some terrible place in Singapore to buy fake Rolexes. Now we never really got the fake Rolexes, but what I got though was a suit, right? Because it was hot. And this wee guy said, Look, if you're hot, we can get you a suit. So I went to this suit thing, right? And it was like a kung fu suit. Like, do you know that? There's an old program called Kung Fu and there's like a master and a servant and he's got this like totally black suit on with a little white collar. And I thought, I'm a Church of Scotland minister already, right? So I get I get this black suit with a white collar, right? And, we and they're so the hotel. So and Albert's like, Albert's like you don't need to wear that right we can just like go out for tea it's fine it's, it's all right and i'm like no 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 no. i've got my new chinese suit like nobody's gonna notice me i'm gonna look like chinese i'm like i was like you don't look, you don't look chinese you don't you've, you've got in those days a big red beard right you don't you don't look chinese no 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 Albert, i'm gonna put this on it's gonna be great so i'm cutting about like no all the got galluses you like 
walking about this mall in Singapore in a kung fu suit with big waisty arms and big broad bell bottom <laughs> things and like wee Chinese Chinese things all embroidered into the whole thing and a wee white collar as well. It was extremely comfortable. And when I got home, Joanne looked at it to one look at it and said, that's lovely. I don't think you can wear that to work, but they make nice pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think, do you know what? I think I wore them for pajamas for about like a month until Joanne thought, he's not very smart. You'll have forgotten about them. (laughs) It's like the dog, you know, like the dog. The dog forgets about things after about a day. And Joanne's like, it takes Ian about a month to forget about things. <laughs> and after a month, there was no Chinese suit. It had gone. <laughs> when I remembered it and I went looking for it, John's like, I don't know where it's gone. I don't know. You must have put it somewhere. <laughs> it was a mercy. It was a mercy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a <true> mercy. <laughs> And, and, and unfortunately, fake Rolex never actually worked. I mean, like, not even when we took it from the shop. <laughs> or when I took it from the shop. Not Albert, by the way, me. I took it from the shop. I thought, oh, I've got myself a Rolex. Got a Rolex on it. It doesn't actually work, and the hands don't run around. But do you know what? Underneath my scrubs, who's going to know? <laughs> there so, you listen, go. Uh, so, James, what kind of week have you had? I've had a, I've had a good week. Yeah, definitely. It's been nice to have a bit of time off. Uh, I'm actually having a dangerously late coffee at the moment. Oh. I know I don't normally have coffee after nine, but I um for my sins I have now six different ways of making coffee, uh, which oh. is surely six more than anybody needs. But um but yeah, so I've been experimenting with my coffee this week and getting rather too caffeinated. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm in, I'm enjoying that. And actually, just before we came on, I was having my ice cream. Uh, you guys probably saw me slurping away there, um, and I got a bit of brain freeze trying to finish during the opening titles. <laughs> just desperate to hide the ice cream. Um, so yeah, sugar and caffeine really this week. And um, seeing family, my mum was down. Viewers of the weekly review will know my mum, Rona Cathcart. She's yeah, not. absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it was lovely seeing her with my daughter. It was just really nice for me. Oh, that's lovely. Lovely. Listen, uh, we're sorry that John Povey can't be with us tonight. Normally, we try to get the writer for the week to join us, but John's unable to join us tonight. But um, what did you, how did you feel about John's contributions this week? I think John always comes up with good stuff. Absolutely. I, I, I thought it was brilliant and very much to do with my week, which you haven't asked me about. Oh, I know. I was going to ask you. Right? Well, let me ask you about your week. Because you, still, you took about at least 10 minutes talking about your pyjamas. <laughs> but they were important pyjamas. They were. They were significant they were and so relevant. Pyj- no, they were so pyjamas. <laughs> so, so sometimes we need to break into the, do you know something break into the vibe. Can, can I tell you something? See, see, those oh, no, black, you see. see those black silk pyjamas that you had? I think they would have been ideal for an undertaker. Because <laughs> undertakers need to have black pyjamas because when they go out to do lift up the bodies at night, they just, they're in their bed and you just jump out and get the black coat over the black pyjamas and away you go. 
There you go. You're never off duty. Wow. Off duty. Do, do you know I something? Do, do you know one of the one of there's many reasons I love you, is my brother Albert. But there's one reason that I love you very much is that you money you walked through an entire mall with me wearing that outfit. You didn't even flinch. You're just like, that's just Ian. That's what Ian does. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry, uh, um, yeah. but it fit with your week, Ian. You're saying the, I, I, the prayer. Well, I, no, I, I jumped in with my week. I wasn't asked about my week, but I'm going to tell you anyway because <laughs> you know what? I'm on the podcast, so there we are. Um, so, no, my week actually, I think, hopefully, um, speaks to the the topic that we might talk about, and that is about teamwork and about working together and about. Um, coming together for common purpose and about the importance of that, about the importance of the team. And, and it's been a weird week because I've, I've actually not been at work. Um, it's my, this is meant to be my holiday. Um, but as, you know, I'm a, a reasonably senior dude in the stuff that I do. So when things boil over and people get upset or, you know, things hurt them, um, they'll sometimes reach out and and I, and often I'll respond in a way that involves the team in a in a wider in a wider way, um, and that was very much about my week this week. In fact, was about sometimes we express ourselves in ways that we don't mean to, and it affects people in ways that we don't expect, um, and they then feel that they have to they, they can't articulate what they feel because mm. at the time they're, they're caught in the moment they're caught in the moment of confrontation or they're caught in the moment of misunderstanding or they find themselves reflected back to themselves in a way that they don't quite understand because they have never seen themselves in that way um, and in some senses it's good to have a workplace that is is that honest but it's also bad because there's nothing more confronting than seeing yourselves in a seeing yourself in a mirror, um, and you didn't want to catch sight yourself, you know. I, I'm often I often find myself walking past the mirror thinking, "What's my dad doing here?" <laughs> and, and it's me, and, and you know, <laughs> and and I never recognise myself for a minute, and then I do. I think, "Oh, that's me. That's not my dad." Um, no, but, but I think you're I, touching on stuff that's yeah. really interesting, Ian, tonight. Eh? which we'll come back to, as you say, because um, I think John's been picking up stuff. But I think this idea, as you're saying, about how we address one another and the things we say to one another, we need to sometimes be measured and just be maybe more more careful because we can set off a, a train of thought that we didn't mean and that can, that can linger with somebody for a week on end, maybe two weeks on end, trying to cope with it and trying to get it out of their heads. And, and you know, but I'm sure that, 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 that almost all of the time, in fact, when I hear the other side of it, that it was never, ever meant in the way it's been taken up. Um, mm -hmm. but, it, but it's been taken up in a, in, a, in a completely different way. And then somebody as part of that team has to kind of come in and try and smooth those stormy waters and try and say, look, this is maybe what's meant or this is how things are or this is how the rules are. And it's very, very hard. So even though I've not, I've not been at work and I wanted to tell you all about 
all the recording I've done. You know, I've listened to different teams, teams of people who have come together to make music together that maybe haven't before um, and work with them in a studio setting, which has been fantastic because I haven't done that before with these people. Mm. Um, and it's been wonderful. It's been a blessing. Um, I wanted to talk about that, but that, that was superseded by other things in my life that kind of came along and said that demands your attention mm -hmm. now rather than these other things. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's kind of been my week, I think. Um, just that whole sense of team. And I'm going to leave you with this thought that actually I was, do you know, I was thinking about 2020. And somebody had put up this podcast and, and, and basically they were saying, do you know what? 2020 has sucked, right? And actually, I'm thinking of all the stuff that's happened this year. And, I'm, and then I started to think of all the stuff that's happened in the last five to ten years. And I thought we've had a war. We've had ethnic cleansing. We've had people dying on boats trying to get some freedom from a blown-up country. Mm. All of this has been pumped into our living rooms, not just daily, but hourly, all the time. We've had doctors walking out of their vacation because they can't see a way ahead. Mm. We've had a country torn apart about ideas about leaving a European Union or staying in a European Union. In our own country, Scotland, we've had the same thing about do we want to be part of the UK or do we not? And families have been blasted apart through circumstances which have actually occurred out with what we can effect for whatever reason. And you may have your own views on this and that and, and, and they are legitimate and fine and the best decision you can make at the time. But what I would say, though, is that let's just think about that in terms of stress. Let's just think about that in terms of how discombobulating that is in your life as you grow up or as you are an adult. You know, your world is the same and then it's not. And then it's the same and then it's not. And then it's the same and then it's not. And then along comes a virus that kills people and your whole world changes and then we kind of get back to normal, but it's not quite normal. And we've got to have rules that we didn't have before. And, you know, granddads, grandmothers can't cuddle grandkids. Well, they can now, but, you know, they couldn't. And all of that stuff has happened to all of us in these years as we look past into the past. Mm -hmm. And these are major, these are traumas. These are not traumas with a small t. These are traumas with a big T. These are things that materially affect who we are. And we wonder why teams have little flashpoints of anger, jealousies, or misunderstandings. We wonder why it can't all be smooth sailing. How can it be when we carry the stress underneath all the things that we do from day to day? Exactly. And I think for Christians, one of the things too is, we do miss meeting together as God's people to worship. And in that sense of community and with that family of people that we worship with, it has an effect on us as well. And 
that that time in in church where people just take time to reflect in the week and pray and pray it is important and when that's when when that's taken away out of that routine as well these are all the additional things isn't it that just make it make make life not so easy for people I remember uh, my wife showing me um, one of these memes. It was fairly early on during the lockdown. And it was something like, it's okay not to be on the top of your game in the middle of a giant global pandemic. <laughs> and I think, you know, given, as you say, Ian, given the trauma and the stress at the moment, often when we're in our, I think there's this phrase, they talk about being off your beach ball, you know, that, that in terms of psychology and stuff like that, the idea that when you're not, in that zone and often instead of being kinder to ourselves that's exactly what we need to be we become harsher on ourselves and more demanding and thinking oh i should be doing this and i should be doing that and it is interesting when you look back at the last 10 years you know it's been some uh, it's been some decades um it's it's it was essentially taking me from you know kind of graduation to to parenthood and it's been it wasn't exactly the 20s uh, i had planned but there's also been so many good things um in that time as well um, and so I think this idea, because I think tonight we wanted to talk about unity yeah. and the importance of it, and this idea that even though we have all these issues, <coughs> even though we've got these issues that are going to, you know, when we sort of realize some of the economic stuff that's going to hit in the autumn, I mean, it's already hitting people's lives, but I mean, when the scale of it just, just grows even more so, we're going to need each other, you know, we're going to need each other more than ever. Um, and, and so I think, you know, to think maybe for a wee bit about John's prayers, because I think in his prayers every day, I think there's a link to this idea of unity. He almost says that word every day, I think. Yes, I that's yeah. it's like it's it's been just running through and it's always this I, I think that's which really there's like a spirit of reconciliation kind of make you you think I, I've thought about that every day, you know, because it's challenged me to think mm. about well and it is about being kinder, you know, I think especially in the family situation, you know, and because it's easy, I think, <clears throat> quite often, I think, in the family setting, you know, you can over-promise and under-deliver, you know, <laughs> and like where I think in, in the work setting, you know, you always try, you know, to you give your best, and I think actually work colleagues, you know, sadly do get our best and not always our families get the best from us and so they're the people that we do um over promise and maybe under deliver to and i think as well we there's so much with all the stress that's going about there's i think there's a rise in mental health problems i know like there has been like within my family you know and you can feel a wee bit disappointed with people and a bit let down by them and actually, John this week has made me kind of be understanding, Laura. You know, try to, you know, realise the bigger picture, what's going on. And I, I think that's, and, and I've tried to have that within me to say, well, I think I need to have that spirit of, you know, that more, you know, a spirit of reconciliation mm -hmm. and just, let people know it's all right, you know, because you do, you say things and, and stress that you don't mean, you hurt people, and um, I think there's something there that, you know, we just take a wee step back and let's be mindful, you know, mm -hmm. each other. I think all of that is, the things running through that, this reconciliation, this grace thing in the house, 
which is still very relevant. That amazing, I think that's a great graphic we've got for this week, for this month, you know, of the house and all that's going on. Hijack's picture, house, yeah. You know, and people are, are kind of locked in, but how they're getting out and how they're getting on with one another, but giving one another space and and, and looking at things in in the in the long term, in the long plan, in what, what is really important, the things that we get upset about, maybe maybe it doesn't really matter so much. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Albert, that, that is the beauty of grandparents, to be honest, uh, when I think about it. Um, one of the things I always loved about my grandparents, both of them, the, the ones that survived, for me to know, um, was that they had a bigger view of things that the stuff that was big wasn't really that big because they'd seen it and done it and lived through a war and they were like son it's not that big a thing in the scheme of things it's not that big a thing and i and i i try and be that way with my i I don't know if i succeed i probably don't but i try very hard to be that way with my own kids and say look well that wasn't so good but in the great scheme of things we're all here we all love each other that's great there's a roof above above our heads and tomorrow we know there's some food there that we can eat and that's that's it right and we can always make a way back i think we always need to make a way back for one another at the end of the day you can always come home and be loved and Mm -hmm. and if we could do that more with our with our friends and with the people we work beside um there was a lovely wee film that we watched last night, Martha and I, Billy Conley and, and, and um, David Tennant was in it. And it was oh, just, I've it was seen that one. Holidays. What we did on our holiday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wasn't well, that a beautiful little film? Aye, that's a great wee film. You know, and Conley oh, just comes yeah, over as the old granddad, you know, and at the end of the day, he nails it with them all. He says, yeah, yeah, my son's a bit up himself and... and and he's and yeah, your mum's a bit mouthy and all that kind of stuff and all that, yeah. But you know what? We can still love one another. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, know. see, with I think we we've not seen we're only just kind of touched on the effects of COVID, and I think it's important that you know people are able to feel that they can talk to one another because I think there's. To, you know coming ahead I think especially with finances and mm-hmm. you know you know potentially a lot of unemployment you know I think there has to be people have to feel that I can talk about how I feel you know mm-hmm. I can talk about you know the weight that's on me you know my worries um, and that you know that the people around them can give them love and understanding because I think I think we're maybe heading into a period of you know real disruption but do you know what i think it is laura i think that i think sometimes sometimes the messaging is wrong you know there is this message that says we're all in it together but the truth is we are not all in the same place Mm -hmm. you know we're not all um loved we don't all have families we don't all have people that are there for us we don't have those things not everybody does lots of people do but not everybody does so do you know what we're not all in the same place together 
But are we all in the world together? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Mm -hmm. In a fundamental way, we are all in the same place. And what we need to stop doing is making assumptions about our mind reading. What's in somebody else's thoughts? Mm -hmm. What's in somebody else's hearts? You can't know. You can't. I would love to be able to sit here and say, you can read somebody else's mind, but you can't. Do you know, you can be very attuned to body language and tone and what people say. You can be the best minister, in other words, that it's possible to be, or the best GP that it's possible to be, but you cannot read a mind. You can't. Mm-hmm. You don't know actually what that person thinks, and you've just got to be unshocked and loving and open and say, Do you know what? Your experience is genuinely your experience, and I'm going to stand with you. Mm-hmm. That's see, all you can do. You see, this is one of the areas that I thought we could take into the discussion tonight is to be thinking about the future as the church. How can how does the community, the Christian community, engage in the midst of all that when when there's going to be so much um, uncertainty and people with anxiety and and how do we support one another as Christians going through that? But also how do we be people who are there for others who even don't uh, profess our faith? But they're still, we're still in the world with them and we're still neighbours and we still love them and they're still part of where we are. How do we, and I think that's, and in the midst of a, a, a pandemic, how do we do it when we've got to social distance and there's all this social distancing? And I'm thinking back to the 80s, which uh, not many of you will have lived through in the same way that we, as an older person in the 80s, seeing working and then seeing all, all the recession that happened in the 80s and the struggle that people went through, the minor strike and all that kind of stuff, and unemployment, and part of that also in the 70s. Uh, but we're told that, I mean, at one point, uh, Ian and I wrote a song, I don't know if you remember that song, uh, Who Pulls the Strings of Your Heart? And, and it, was, it was towards the end of the 80s when Maggie Thatcher was still in power, and there were four million people at one point unemployed. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the churches were doing some amazing things with youth, youth employment schemes and uh, up, in, up in Buckhaven, there was a church up there with the minister that actually were employing, the congregation employed over 500 people using government, government uh, you know, uh, money and using government schemes, but they, they, they were creative enough to do these amazing things, to connect with people and to give people focus in their lives and their community. But that's even going to be more difficult in the midst of a pandemic because you don't have that same, even you can't even meet together in the same kind of way. So it's, it's not going to be easy. I think this is where we can be like true pioneers. You know, the church has been talking and talking, you know, for the past few years about pioneering ministry. And and I'm, I, I think, you know, this is where actually this is the time when that phrase will really come to life because like true pioneering ministry I think can only come out of like you know an already you know established community you know and a community of faith that that 
recognises the need within their community and then responds to it. You know, it's yeah. not just something that you can go and plan. I, I don't believe that that, because I don't believe it really works then. You know, I think it's got to come out of, you know, a community that's already there and they look and see what is the need here? You know, how can uh -huh. we how can we benefit, you know, sure. the people in our community? And it and the, the thing is, is I think we really have to remember we don't need to be helping other Christians, other people just like ourselves. You know, that's not what Jesus does. You know, you, you go out there and you look for the need. And I think this is a time when we need to be really bold and creative and mm. actually imaginative as well on how we find resources to to make whatever we need to make happen within our community because I think there's going to be a lot of people that we'll need to you know kind of raise up and support exactly. and nurture. And you know the thing is this that it will be all kinds of people even like the major Tom major the, you know Sir Tom what's his name you know the yeah, the, the, the guy from yeah down south, yeah, uh -huh, yeah, who raised over thirty million pounds, and he was a hundred years old. We, we need to, I think, we need to see the power that's within the whole community, and not just a particular section that's going to do all the ministering. But but Albert, to, but Albert, let's not. I remember when you and I wrote that song about you. You know, just thinking for a second about that 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 single who pulls the strings of your heart. I remember you and I were quite angry at Maggie Thatcher at that point. I'd, and I've reached a place where I'm not angry at her at all. I, I understand that people have to do the best they can do with the information they have. Mm -hmm. they, they, they can't be perfect. And politicians and people who are decision makers who don't have to, you know, their biggest decision is to have one sugar or two in my coffee in the morning. That, you know, there are people that make bigger decisions than that every single day. For, for every 10 minutes, every day, mm -hmm. they do that. And, and I don't judge. And I think we need to throw judgment out the window. To be I honest. So I, I agree, Ian, because I think you spend, you just need to look at social media and you see every you know, folk going after the politicians and all the rest of it, and you think you know, I I genuinely believe that most of them are trying to do a decent job and make the decisions based on the facts they're given and what's going to help the most people. And you know, I wouldn't want their job. <laughs> like no way. Like you know what's happened, Aye. like down in England, and what happened in Scotland with the, you know, the hires and the A levels, and you know they're making decisions based on what they think's best for everybody, and then they realise, oh no, and it's just a big, you know, it's a mess, and 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 it's whenever it affects people's lives, you know, mm. and their futures, it's just all. Oh, oh, I think as well. But, it's a question sometimes as well of how productive something is, you know, because there's a situation where if we just make it all about the personality, then are we actually getting anywhere? Because there is another suit, you know, even if we complain about one person and moan at them, there's another suit waiting, you know, who's got the same credentials who will step into the to the plates. So there are instances like, you, you know, you're saying but the school results where young people got out there and said, no, we're not going to stand up for this. But it wasn't necessarily about vilifying particular individuals at that point. It was saying this isn't right. And we've got to call that out. And I think sometimes the kind of 
the danger with this sort of call-out judgmental culture is that actually it plays into the system to make it about the individuals and the personalities and pick up on their flaws. And, you know, maybe these people do need to be held to account and maybe they're not the right people for the job. But I think unless you're questioning the overall system, you know, in, in any given case, you could actually just be making the situation worse. And, and certainly it's been the case in um, wider media, you know, when there's been reckonings on different things to do with, say, sexism, you know, like with the Me Too movement. Sometimes what's happened is people have been rightfully, you know, axed from having done terrible things, but then sometimes nothing changes after that because it feels like, well, we got that person and it doesn't actually address the point. Yes, that person did terrible things and needs to have face a reckoning for it but actually we need to do more than that as well and if we just make it about personality and individuals then we don't change the systems which are hurting people we, and i wanted we, to pick up just just on john's prayers mm-hmm. in terms of the context what everyone's been saying here there was a i think it was on wednesday his piece reflecting his goodness he had the phrase grace is love that stoops and saves and I think there's a kind of, in terms of picking up what you were saying, Laura, what you've been saying, Ian and Albert, there's a sense of a tenderness that I think we need to rediscover. And I just think that verb stoops <coughs> is just fantastic because I think if you were to study, like do a big algorithm search, stoops as a phrase is probably commonly followed by to kiss, isn't it? You know, like we stoop to kiss, you stoop to kiss uh-huh. an elderly relative or a child or something like that. And there's a kind of tenderness to saying, I'm not going to use my power or my stature above you. And there's that kind of mob mentality sometimes you get on social media where it's like, well, we're going to create a big crowd and we're going to squash you. Instead, we're going to stoop. And I think this is what the church needs to do. And what all of us need to do really is to stoop, like <laughs> to come yeah. down and see what is around us, who is around us. Um, and, that, and that's the verb certainly that I'm going to be carrying with me after this week. And encouraging people, you know, so again, back to what we were talking about. I think we we're talking about this last week or the week before about <clears throat> looking at the beauty in the world and looking at the good things and mm-hmm. trying to encourage people when something really good has happened to say, that's great, you know, and encourage, encouraging that and seeing the good and, and drawing it out of other people, which I think that's so important to I, name the good. Albert, I was going to say one of the, the best bits of advice I was ever given in court skills, because I, pe- I speak in court about certain forensic matters, um, it's part of my job, it's what I do. And um, one of the lawyers said to me that one, the best thing she'd ever heard said was, we can be so adversarial in court. And when it comes down to the nitty gritty, you know, saying, I'm right, this is what it is. This is it. And actually this lawyer said the, the most powerful thing she ever heard in court was from an elderly a doctor who'd been a specialist in the field for many years and said, you know, I respect doctor, whatever his name's work greatly. Um, but it distresses me to say that in this particular case, I find myself at odds with his findings because my findings say something different. And I find that quite beautiful because what that said was, do you know, there is no ego. There is, in that, there is no ego. There is no criticism. There is just saying, look, we need to look at a different way of being. And, and maybe this is exactly what we need to start fostering um, as we move forward. There's a thing the boys talks about, like, you know, X was cancelled on social media. Mm. Cancelled? How can you cancel somebody? Somebody. I'm sorry, but you can't 
cancel somebody's entire life's work. So what are we going to do? Are we going to cancel uh, Einstein? Because it, were it not for Einstein's intervention, we would never have built the nuclear bomb that killed millions in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That would never have happened had it not been for a guy called Salazar who wrote to a guy called Einstein who then wrote to the American president, right? Now, these things did not happen as great things of themselves, but they built up to make something which is actually quite horrific. But were these men who were evil or bad or, or wanted this to happen? Absolutely not. That was not their intention. Their worry was, if this gets into the hands of Adolf Hitler, then Nazism would have taken over the world. That was their concern. So I guess what I'm saying is we need to bring back kindness and understanding in order to move things forward. At least that's my thoughts tonight anyway about that. And I think, see, even, um, you know, thinking as well, about, and I know everybody's got a, an opinion on, uh, you know, the American, um, <laughs> you know, elections that will be coming up. But again, you know, it's like having, you know, looking at people and actually looking at the individuals and thinking, it is thinking kindly. And I had, um, I had uh, listened to a podcast this week and it was about, you know, even if you don't agree, you know, with politicians and our leaders in the world, we should still be praying for them. You know, and not mm -hmm. praying, not praying, oh, let's get them out. God, get rid of them, you know, get rid of them and vote them out. But actually pray for them and he pray for them to make wise decisions. And Because actually we don't know, we, we don't see the bigger picture. We don't see what God sees, the full plan. You know, we're only seeing, you know, the, you know our wee view. So that's why we should be praying for them, even... Um, when we don't agree with them. I think that's a great idea about yeah. prayer. And yeah. it's just, if I can throw a wee sideline in, uh, you know, the moderator of the General Assembly this week has been calling the church to prayer. Uh -huh. And uh, there have been prayers every night on, on Zoom. Uh, and last night, I mean, every week this night, and last night there was over 200 people praying on Zoom for a prayer meeting. Wow. From the Church of Scotland. Wow. You know, and... And tonight uh, at nine o'clock, uh, they mean from half past eight to nine o'clock, there was people praying, and I guarantee there'll be another two hundred people as well. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I think it's, he's, I think he's come up with a great idea, but you could feel the presence of God. I don't know if anybody's joined. I don't know if you joined one of them at all, but it, it was it was a joy to do it. I, my, my friend, he had um, joined in yeah. and uh, that's what he had said. It was like such a, such a blessing to be part of it. And, you know, I find it, um, I know that a lot of people have said that they feel, they feel bad for Martin because he's not been able to have, you know, the same kind of moderate, you know, moderator year that, you know, everybody gets to experience. But he's, He's the perfect moderator for this time. And he's doing things that actually we might not have had the opportunity to do if it was a normal year. And, you know, you get all these people praying in the country for, a, you know, for a whole week. You know, it's amazing. 
you know, it's just, you know, is he starting something? Absolutely. I don't think they want to stop. That's my <laughs> feeling was the people that they were saying, you know, there were people saying, but it's just going to stop. Can we not keep this going? But that's the magical power of, power of prayer. And, you know, I, I, I think Laura made an amazing point there about, you know, you don't know these people, you know, all I have is what the media shows, to, you know, chooses to show me about the leaders of our country or America or Trump or whoever. I don't know, but I do know people. And I know that people say things that are unguarded because they're not thinking through every syllable and sentence that they say. They're just saying stuff from the heart. They're saying things like, do you know what? I'm worried about my job. Are we not all worried about our jobs? I'm worried about my family. Are we not all worried about our family? I'm worried about people that I love. But then these people are called out by people from another per political persuasion and they're called, you're racist for worrying about that. Are you? Are you not just worried about the people that you love? Are you not just that one thing? Do you have to be another thing as well? Because the truth is you don't have to be the other thing as well. These two things are not the same. Mm -hmm. And one of the problems with the internet, is, at least as far as I can see, is that I get posts that on my feed uh, on Facebook, and I, I actually very rarely check it nowadays, but when I do, and I look on and I think, that's one opinion. But you're criticizing people you've never met that you don't know, you don't know their concerns, you don't know who they are, you don't know what kind of pain they've had to, or what, what has got them to get to the place they're at. So going to just not criticize them, going to just try and be kind, going to just try and educate them and under, you know, let them understand. Do you know what I mean? That mm -hmm. maybe, you know, folk that get on skiffs to cross the English Channel, maybe they've got a good reason for doing so, you know? It's not, it's not a non-risk free thing to do. Do you, know, do you know what I'm saying though? Mm -hmm. And there are people who would say that and you'd, they'd be called out for being, oh, let's just open the floodgates. But that's not, in this particular context, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you need to do that, you might have, you've probably got a pretty good reason for doing that because that's common blooming sense. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying absolutely open the floodgates and let's just open up Britain for every single person that wants to come here. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm simply making one observation <clears throat> in isolation. And this is the problem with social media is that people confer, and we do it in our lives, we confer feelings on people or thoughts that we think they've had that they've never had. Yeah. Do you know, <clears throat> I'm just looking at John's... Um, John's contribution today, which is power beyond words. Yes. And, and John, in this, he, he just talks about, you know, uh, how easy it is for us to, um, I will never, we say, I'll never let you down, I'll never do this. We make rash promises that we can't keep. But he goes on to say, but would we not be better to say, I'll do my best, but I know I'll make mistakes. Please forgive me when that happens. You know, and if we could have that understanding, uh, politicians would say that more often, then people might be more gracious towards them as well.
but it's when people are so arrogant that they give the impression that they know everything. It's very hard sometimes to be gracious back, you know. And I think that's where the, the, the <clears throat> that's where it gets complicated. You but, know? but but our media, Albert, has made it that way because what we rely on is in is in the sort of um, sixteen second soundbite. Um, because of twenty four hour media, yeah. uh, we, we've relied on that. Any politician knows you've got to say stuff that cannot be taken out of context in a sixteen second soundbite. So they can't say what they really feel, and and I, th- I hate to say this because I'm not I'm actually not our biggest fan, but but Nicola Sturgeon never really plays to that. She just kind of lays it on what it is. Just kind of says, right, this is what it is. Actually, to be honest, Janie Godley is probably who you want to be listening to <laughs> because she says stuff that is abs just real, just real stuff, and. I wish we could just have people that said real things. I think that's why people, um, even if they don't um, support the party, I think they respect Nicola because she does say, we're going to get this wrong, you know? You know, there'll be times we get it wrong. And she's up front about it. And that is refreshing because... Like how little else is. Well, nobody can deny our sincerity and our faithfulness mm-hmm. in being at that job every day, mm-hmm. on that podium every day, speaking to the nation every day. Yeah. You know, a come hail or shine, she's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, that says a lot. You mm-hmm. know, that she is determined to try and help people get through this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and there are some things, by the way, that I really do not agree with her on. You know, I'd, you know, the SNP and I are seriously parted company on some things, but on this particular thing, on the idea of faithfulness and just telling things like it is, can we not just say what things are and just speak truth to power? I've said this before. I think I say this ad nauseam. Like Laura and James are probably like putting their eyes to the heavens right now. But this is a running theme with me. Just speak truth to power, and the power is the power of of the internet and of the and of the storm of people that are so desperate to be offended, to be, um, you know, to have some cause that they can ally themselves to. Sometimes people are just people. And they say stupid things. And in teams and in community, sometimes we just say stuff that is just dumb. And it's ill thought out. And it was off the cuff. And we didn't mean it. And if we had but known the pain that, that it would have caused, we'd never have said it in the first place. I know. But you can't have that in the moment. And that's it's one of the... Me. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say it's one of the bittersweet things about being human, I think, is that we can say these little things that we don't realise have made such an effect on someone that are really positive. You know, you can say something in passing, just a wee compliment or drop a wee message, and then it turns out later that that made a huge difference to someone. And yet equally, we can cause so much harm and hurt <clears throat> without thinking about it. And I guess if we can't stop causing hurt, I mean, we should try not to, but if we can't stop, we can at least add to the good, you know, we can at least, Alexander McCall Smith, you know, the author in one of his books, I think I've, this is something I quote a lot, but he says about how um, 
there's a line in the book, in one of the books or one of the characters says, it's so easy, isn't it, to add to the sum, sum total of human happiness. And it is, like, anything that I do, like, you know, Albert, I like your shirt, you know, <laughs> like, that's a shirt, I like yeah. that. It's a wee thing, but the sum of human happiness just got a tiny bit bigger there, it bubbled a bit bigger, you know. Um, and I think maybe that's what we need to do. We need to stoop down. And, and as you said, Laura, about the whole pioneering thing, you know, like, let's get to know our neighborhoods, let's get to know our communities. And then the pioneering, the institution, whatever can catch up with what's actually going on. But let's not wait for some kind of top-down solution. And, and, and to realize there is no right answer to the question, does Mike Bottom look big in this? <laughs> the, there is, in fact, and it's taken me 30 years to realize this, there is, in fact, no good answer to that question. <laughs> the answer is, oh, is that the time? <laughs> Or, oh, that's my mobile phone. Listen, I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry, I, I had also... to bring that down. My apologies. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Part of the dance of life. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also just learning to, as we grow as Christians, people, knowing that God loves us and also being less willing as scripture tells us to take offense yes you know to be less yeah. willing to take offense on something and to ask god sometimes to give you just that that little bit of armor it says yeah. lord i'm not going to be as touchy on these things yeah hey, that's an opinion but you know what it, it might be a wrong opinion and i'm not going to let that i'm not going to let that so connect with me let me give you an example when i was a young minister i remember speaking to an older minister I maybe told you this story before uh, that um you know the number of times when you start off in in ministry you always get people who are not happy with what's happening it seems a doctor i'm quite sure Ian. and you you every so often you would get this letter and i don't know why it is but i've got an i had an uncanny feel about when that a letter arrived you would know this letter it's it's just something about it and you open it up and it's usually tight it was usually typed up you know and and it's just started, spaces no paragraphs know, just typed, typed. <laughs> <laughs> and as you started to read it you could see you know somebody was ready to just list all the yeah, things then. that are wrong and you, i can feel my stomach even churning just now thinking about it you know and you would say, how am I going to reply to that? And you'd take that letter and you'd file it away. And then somebody else, you know, two or three days later, sends you a nice card to see how much it was. And you go, oh, that's fine. You leave it to the side, you know, and it, and eventually at the end of the week, when you're tidying up your desk, you're finding out, oh, that's that letter. And you screw, you tear it, put it in the bin. But the one thing that you didn't tear up and put in the bin was the complaining letter. You held on to that. And this guy said to me, he said to me, what do you do with your letters? I said, well, I file them away in case, because you never know, I might have to refer back to it because it's a, maybe somebody's bringing up a, an issue against me. Really, he says, all right. And what do you do with the good letters? Well, the, I said, well, you know, I just tear them up. He says, well, you see, can I tell you what to do, Albert, in the future? <laughs> You're tearing up the wrong letters. <laughs> yes. He says, tear that one up. And see, and, and start getting the good letters and keep them back. 
And the and over the years, I started to get files of good letters. And then when the money letters came in, sometimes I'd look at that and then I'd go back and just look at some of the good letters. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't always get it wrong, you know. And I think there's something about that, you know. So um, so when when Stephen's going through my papers when I to snuff it, he's going to see all these good letters, and he's never going to he's going to say, "Don't you ever complain to my dad?" Oh, he's really? got a clean sheet. He's got a clean sheet. <laughs> <laughs> he just tore them up, put them in the bin. I, I wish I wish my job was so easy, but unfortunately, we have to we have to keep the complaints. But one thing that I've found as an appraiser for oh goodness knows how many years now is that if a doctor gets a complaint, one complaint, it may be just the most minor thing, but man, they will ruminate about that, and the entire time you spend with them will be about this one complaint. And they could be the most high-flying, brilliant physician, diagnostician, beloved by their patients. You know, like literally presents dripping off the walls. But what will they talk about? That one complaint. Because human beings are programmed to look for negative stuff, right? If you, if you want to sell somebody something, talk to them about the things they'll lose if they don't take the deal, right? Because they're more than likely to take the deal. Because what human beings don't like is to think they've lost out or in some way are less or are in, or are in danger. We are pre-programmed from our very just DNA to be risk averse. That is what we are. It's just, it's DNA. But sometimes you've got to remember that. You've got to think about that and think, hang on. I'm pre-programmed to look at things in a kind of negative way. Sometimes what you have to do is look at things in the round. And if you have messed up, and we're all going to mess up, every minister, every sanctuary first employee, every doctor is going to mess up at some point, right? That's just what we are. We're human beings and we mess up. And what you, do you know what to learn from that is? Don't do it again. There you are. Just don't do it again. You didn't mean to do it. You didn't mean to do bad things. Don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to learn. And when the good stuff comes in, celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Be joyful in it. Just think, man, that was a good thing that happened. Do you know? There's sometimes stuff happens in my life and... Something will happen. I, uh, there's so many different, musically, professionally, you name it. And I'll just sit and think after the fact, you know, God, this is what you put me enough to do. Right now, see today, this is what I was put here to do. And I'm so thankful for that feeling. Just that feeling of, yeah, that's what I was made to do. And everybody, it doesn't matter what it is you do, if you fix cars or if you stack with shelves in Tesco's, there's stuff that you were just meant to do, you know? You just did it right. And that day was a good day. And we've got to celebrate it, don't we? Albert? Absolutely. And I think it's coming to a time where we've come to nearly the end of our time tonight. But we should what? just, yeah. <laughs> uh, as I say, come to the end of our time uh, 
we need to round this up because we always end up having a, a really good, profound, encouraging thing at the end. And I think Ian, you've been taking us to that place where we just start looking at that you know, what we can be thankful for, and uh, and be and and you know stop and think that there's you know somebody was saying to me that that there was somebody they worked beside who had said to them that they they were working on something to be thankful for every day. And sometimes it's a hard, hard day, but they've kept on working on it to just at least be thankful for one thing every day. And you can do it even if you, if, if, if you take time to be thankful. It begins to work in, in our lives and, and to also to see, look for the good signs in other people's lives and our families and our friends. And as, and, James, and as James said, Albert, you know, see that little bit of goodness that you can give to other people. I mean, my staff laugh at me because I'm always like, Irene, you, now you know you're my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, insert name of member of staff here. And, and I'm always like, you're my, you are my favourite. You are class at what you do. But I do that for a reason because I do it because people need to feel valued. Yeah. And and the truth of it is that I genuinely feel that way. There's actually nothing not genuine about it. It's not a lie. It's true. I genuinely feel like that. And we've got to give the honesty of that moment a chance to breathe, don't we? Do you know, see, sometimes just turning around to your loved one and saying, you look great in that. You look absolutely great in that. Or, man, that was a brilliant bit of work you did. There's just nothing like it. Nothing like it. Or, I'd, it, and it could you be know, anything. Can I tell you something? My wife said that to me this week. I'll tell you what it is. I've been working, Martha's been looking for, since we came in here, there's a, a wee passage at the back of the house, between our house and the garage. And the strip of land belongs to our neighbour up the stairs, but, we, but it was blocked off and it was always... A, you had to go around the whole house and we had, they never agreed that I can make a wee gate. And we, so we've always been wanting to do a gate. So I worked on a gate over the last couple of weeks and I've got this gate up and Martha said to me the other day there, she's been out and there's a look at it. She's oh, what? that's really professional. That's so <laughs> well finished. And, do you know? And I felt, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gate maker yeah, extraordinaire. Fantastic. Yeah. It looks great. She said, and it's well finished and, and you put all the wee touches on it, you know. I thought, oh, likes a gate. <laughs> She's the gatekeeper. I'm quite happy. She likes it. But, and it's just that exactly yeah. what you're saying, Ian, just that. And it's being specific, you know, she's picking up on things. Yeah. yeah. So listen, um it's time for us to come to the end of another review um but you know i think we should be praying for this sense of goodness to fall upon the nation and to fall upon our church and to fall upon our friends and to long to see the goodness of god reaching out into people and that our hearts would be touched that we'd be generous so that what you were talking about ian finishing up you were talking about how we're not all in the same boat but we're all in the same sea you know but some of us are in bigger boats and, get, and we'll be able to manage a lot better than others. And I think we need to then start saying, how can I share what I've got? And I can't do it with everyone, but you know what? I can do it with some people near me and I can make a difference in their life. 
yeah. you know, and they, I can't help everyone, but it's that starfish thing, you know, we can help one, mm-hmm. you know, and so who is it that God's speaking to you today to do? Who is it? Where is the situation that you're being called to get involved in? And are you feeling down tonight? And have you been feeling flat? And have you been feeling you've not got much going for yourself? It's just, you need to just allow yourself to be seen through God's eyes and to hear God saying, you are my beloved child. That's a lovely verse in the Bible. You know, the father says to Jesus, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I think God looks at all of us. I mean, that's the creation. He says it in the creation. When he created it, he said, it saw it and it was good. And God saw it and it was good. And God looks at what you are and he says, you are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I think we should allow it. And that's what motivated Jesus because he knew he was loved by the Father. And we can cope with all the other, if we're not loved by somebody else, as long as we're loved by the Father. We'll Absolutely. get to it. Absolutely. And the, and the thing is, we are, aren't we, Albert? It's, it's as you say, there is so much stuff whirling about our heads and there is so much little stressors that we've undergone in these last months and years. But God's love has never wavered, not for one second. Do you know what I mean? You could be, honestly, sometimes I marvel at how we have lost, sometimes humanity has just lost that sense of, you are valuable. And everybody listening to this podcast is really valuable. They got really valuable. Mm-hmm. It was a picture, do you know, it was a picture I, th- I saw and it was about the anti-homelessness sleeping under a bridge in Glasgow, right? We spiky things that they'd, mm-hmm. like an architecture thing. And I just thought, how mean of spirit, how mean of spirit to deny someone who can't even get dry from the rain somewhere to sit out the way from the rain. It doesn't look pretty, but life is not pretty. Do you know what, guys? Wake up and smell the coffee. Life is not a pretty pretty place. But one thing remains. God's love always remains. And love always remains. They don't spite the pigeons. Absolutely, (laughs) man. They They don't spite the pigeons. And to be honest, you can find a way of sleeping amongst these. You really can. I mean, if you fall down after enough pints, you don't even feel them. And I'm not going to tell you how I know that, but there we are. We should just leave things about there. Listen, we'll leave things there tonight, but listen, um, may God go with you tonight and bless you and be with you and strengthen you. And uh, we're going to have a great service on Sunday. We're going to be looking at look to the rock from which you were hewn and the quarry from which you are dug. You look to someone who loves you and cares for you, and that's God who made you. And uh, the Father loves you and is with you tonight. So until we see you on Sunday at 3 o'clock, God bless you. And if not, we'll catch up with you next weekend and next Friday. So until then, good night and God bless. And thank you to you, Ray, for being with us tonight and saying nothing but keeping us at least on on air. Thank you. <laughs>